Today, we're going to jump into the mindset of a successful real estate investor. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So sure hope you're enjoying all the hands-on training materials and in-depth conversations and all the incredible insights and resources that are being provided to you with in this podcast. Now, just quick, quick note, a couple quick things. Number one is if you are a visual learner and you'd like to maybe tap into um, some of the lessons that I've taught on the podcast visually, um, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, a lot of the long-form videos and content that has been created for the podcast um, some of them have been created from live broadcasts and from live presentations, and some of them have slideshows and all that kind of wonderful stuff. So make sure you go over and check out my YouTube channel. It's quite simple. If you just Google my name, Russell Westcott, you will find me on the YouTubes as well. Okay, so really cool um, story here upcoming. And this was a podcast that I was featured on with George L. Masri uh, with the Well Off Podcast. So this was earlier, a little earlier in the year. So first of all, George, Thank you very much. You're a fantastic host and have a wonderful podcast over there. By all means, guys, I encourage you to check it out. I think it's at welloff.ca is where you'd be able to find that. Yeah, it's welloff.ca. And George asked some really cool questions. And some of the things we dove into here are some of the things I have probably have not shared on any other podcast episode, including my own before, because um, we really dove back into the backstory. Like we went quite way back into the origin story, into the back backstory, back into the, you know, good old days in Saskatchewan and mobile home and trailer park and all those kind of wonderful things. And, you know, just really what growing up in a small town in Saskatchewan, really how that shaped the early decisions and shaped the future decisions that I was about to make. You know, we talked a lot about mindset in this one. We talked about, you know, the giving without expectation. We talked about, and then we got into a conversation about real estate investors and raising capital, which we normally do. Okay. Uh, that's, you know, typically that's what I'm known for is, is, you know, literally written, 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 written. Yeah, look at that. Can't even can't even talk, but uh, I have I have written a book. So, or I should say, co-authored a book with Mr. Don R. Campbell. So, we do talk a lot about the raising capital. We talk about the partners, how you make sure you create the wins. We talk about you know understanding the emotional side with the your partner's goals. And I actually share a framework in here that I don't think I, I think I actually just probably just recently created it before this podcast and. And I call it the ABC model, the ABC business model. And, you know, I always challenge myself with a lot of the things that I do is to simplify, to simplify A for myself, because, you know, simple is better and simple usually works better than something that's a lot more complex. But I also challenge myself to simplify how I explain something. And in this podcast, you will hear very clearly on how I explain a business model. And I call it the ABC business model. Now, I'm not going to tell you what it is because you have to listen to the episode in order to hear it. But once you do hear it and once you do understand it, and if you actually think about it for a second and you actually not only think about it, but you actually embody it and execute against this ABC business model, this truly could change the way you look at your real estate business 
could also change the, the way you look at the raising of the capital. So one more time, just want a big shout out to George. Thank you very much for um, the opportunity to be on your podcast. And I think I mentioned this in another one as well, that if any of you guys ever need some, maybe you have an established podcast or maybe you have a podcast that you want to get off the ground and maybe you're just getting your first few episodes off the ground. Um, let me know if you'd like me to be a part of it. I would love to be uh, a, a, a person that would could be on your show. If you want, by all means, please reach out, hit me up uh, wherever you're listening to this. Just send me an email note and send me the links of how I can potentially be on your show. I'd love to give back to your audience and help inspire your audience to take action to keep moving forward. Okay. With all that being said, sure hope you enjoy this, guys. Make sure you stick around right to the very end because I have a little wrap up message for you at that time. Okay. Welcome to the WAF Podcast, where the goal is to motivate, inspire, and share success principles. Today, I am here with the JV Jedi himself, Mr. Russell Westcott. And for those that don't know, Russell is a husband, a father, a real estate entrepreneur, an author, public speaker, known as the JV Jedi, as I just said. Uh, A little bit about Russell. He built his first million-dollar real estate portfolio within his first year of taking the leap into full-time real estate investing and continues to build and manage his own personal real estate portfolio. He is the co-author of two best-selling Canadian real estate books. There's so much to learn. I look forward to diving into the whole uh, JV Jedi mindset. Uh, Russell, thank you for joining us today. Hey, George, how's it going? So I almost feel like I should be getting out the lightsaber right about now with that introduction and say, these are the podcast listeners you are looking for. Right? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I got a really bad sense of humor, guys. So so right off the bat, I, I, I always say start off with a bad joke and then they only get worse from here, right? Nice. So, nice. So, I so, like that. So George, before we dive into it, I just wanted to just thank you. Uh, I wanted to thank you for putting together an amazing podcast, an amazing amount of resources. And, you know, to put together podcasts, this this is time and effort and an investment. And this is a labor of love. <laughs> you know, this isn't podcast and riches. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is a labor of love. And I wish that there was resources like you're putting together when I first got started. So I just wanted to just, you know, acknowledge you and say thank you for putting together this amazing podcast that you have. And I really hope I can do justice to this compared to some of the wonderful guests that you've had on so, so far. Awesome. I, I really appreciate that. Like you said, I do this to to help people and to share a message and people like yourself are often, uh, I, I get good responses about people like yourself. I'm sure there's going to be tons of great content in here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll try. <laughs> yeah. Or, or should I, I should say that do or do not, there is no try. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, so before I get started into the real estate content, I usually like to ask about your childhood. So I, I'd like to know where you grew up and a few things you remember from your childhood. Oh man, childhood. You're, you're really going back, aren't you? Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> four score and 20, oh, sorry, I, I, I digress for any of you speech fans of, of Abraham Lincoln out there. Uh, okay. Uh, how far do we want to go back and what's relevant? So, so, the simple answer is I'm I'm just a simple farm boy, or should say correct that. I'm simple prairie boy from Saskatchewan. I grew up in a very, very small town. Like there's, you know, population less than 300 people. And if you wanted to have somebody to play with, you needed a dog, right? So there was literally everybody, all the kids in town played together. Nothing special, uh, you know, nothing traumatic and also nothing special about my upbringing. upbringing. 
um, grew up in a, you know, a mobile, a mobile home, right? We were, we were the ones that had the, the double wide trailer, right? So we were the ones that people would sit there, oh, look at them, the double wide trailer with the carport, mm. ooh, the, the fancy one, the fancy trailer over there in the trailer park. Um, yeah. Just had a loving family, uh, amazing upbringing. I played every sport imaginable uh, growing up. It was just one of those ones when it was time, just picture this, you know, it's like a, a Norman Rockwell painting that when it was time for dinner, um, mom would open the door and she'd yell out there, Carly Russell, time for dinner. And then everybody, all the kids in the neighborhood and everything would have, we'd know we'd start going home for dinner and, and things like that. And then uh, being on the prairies in Saskatchewan. And for any of you, if you want to look it up, it is really tiny. It's called Guernsey, Guernsey, Saskatchewan, um, right cool. beside Lanigan, right in Potash country. And for some perspective, if many of your listeners have probably ever heard of Humboldt based upon that um, hockey tragedy that happened, we were about a half hour south of Humboldt. It would be mm-hmm. where you could look, look it up on a map. But you know what? Winters were, were hockey and summers were baseball. And, you know, I remember many a day of, you know, in the, in the winter, playing outdoor hockey, putting my skates on at home, skating down the street, down to the outdoor hockey rink to go play hockey for like about eight or nine hours during the day. Uh, and then just coming home and warming up by, you know, putting your feet in the register, right. And on the, on the, uh, on the um, heat vent that comes in and just warming yourself up and just had a wonderful, a wonderful upbringing. And I, I, I had so many opportunities to just play and so many opportunities for sport and so many opportunities to just flourish as a young child growing up. And, and sometimes I think we need to get back to a little bit more simpler times, especially when we're with our kids. And, you know, I live in a, a major metropolitan city of Vancouver in a suburb, and it's a completely different upbringing here. Like it truly is like, like my dad would say, hey, kid, go play in the traffic, right? That would be a thing of just get out of the house and go play. Here it's like, okay, where do we got to drive you to? And we have to have a play date and we have to go to a park and we have to drive here. And we have, it's, it's a completely different upbringing. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we, maybe we're going to get back to a little bit more of a simpler time of just spending more time with family and just enjoying um, the company as a, as a a familiar, as a family unit. So hope that gives a little perspective that I'm just at the bottom line. I'm just a simple farm kid from Saskatchewan at heart. And that's just uh, shaped a lot of my um, philosophies and a lot of my upbringing is where I've come from. Awesome. That's probably the best, the most elaborate answer I've gotten to that question. (laughs) I ask everybody the same question, but that was awesome. Thanks for sharing your story. You're welcome. It's the first time anybody's ever asked me to go that far back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and when I say go that far back, I had to really stretch my memory memory bank to go that far back. So, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, it reminded you of some good things. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about how you got started in real estate because I'm curious how a, a farm boy from Saskatchewan ends up being the JV Jedi. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's meaning? Some meaningful context for your listeners would be um, would be probably the following. Um, I, after, you know, growing up small town Saskatchewan, you had really one of two choices, uh, really was to work at the potash mine or was to work uh, or to go to university and get a job and leave Saskatchewan. That was right during the time frame, And we're talking, you know, the eighties and nineties in the province of Saskatchewan, that there was an entire mass exodus of people out of the, out of that province during that time. So I had a, a choice to make as either, you know, work in the potash mine, you know, 
go drink beer every day on the way home and just be one of those people every day of just saying, well, remember the day when we played Pirates hockey back and playing senior hockey and we beat the 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 Watchers Winterhawks two to one in game seven. Remember those old days? Right? <laughs> yeah. Could have had that choice or I, I had a choice to, to make that I chose to go the route of really the only route at that time was to go to University of Saskatchewan get a degree, and then really, to be honest, you'd move to Alberta and get a job is really what mm-hmm. the only path was. So I um, hunkered down and finally got serious about my grades, got my got all my marks up in my my grade 11, grade 12 year. And then I had, uh, I went into the College of Commerce, graduated with a Bachelor of Commerce, Finance, Marketing, General Business degree out of the College of Commerce. I um, worked my whole way through college. I bartended I, you know, for those of you, if you're familiar with Saskatoon, you'd know the happy pat. And if you were in, in Saskatoon in the early nineties, I would have served you a many, uh, a many an adult beverage during that time <laughs> as a bartender at the Patricia hotel in Saskatoon. And then I also worked at a couple of different golf courses. So I truly was, you know, talk about hustles on top of hustles. I would start bartending at like seven at night and we'd end at three. I drive out to the golf course for four in the morning, sleep till six work from six till noon at the, at a, one of the golf courses. And then I would sleep from, you know, from about two in the afternoon till probably about five or six. And I would do that four or five days a week while going wow. to school full time to, mm-hmm. to help put myself through. So after all that, I got a, you know, when I was about time to graduate, you know, I had so much fun in university that I, you know, and as gifted as a student, as I was, I took a four year program and turned it into five years. <laughs> uh, that's a joke. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I was just having so much fun. We were, you know, sometimes in university days are some of the best days you'll ever have of your life. And uh, I got through and, you know, I don't think I've ever shared this, but I honestly, I think I got through with a 53% average through the College of nice. Commerce. Not one person has ever asked me for my grades ever, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Nobody will ever ask you for your grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, got through the College of Commerce, and I didn't know what I was going to do once I graduated. So, um, and I know this is a long story, but I will get to the whole real estate side. It's, it is meaningful. Is uh, somebody, uh, when I went to see one of my uh, counselors at the university, I, didn't, I said, I didn't know what path I wanted to go down for my career. And he said, you know what? Most companies, if you're going to start working for somebody, get a job in their sales department because most people will hire on the ground floor in sales. You get to learn the skill and then you can work your way up through the scale, uh, through the, through the system as getting a good sales, uh, program. And then at the same time, you get to learn an amazing skill set. Okay. So, um, worked, started out with Kraft Foods, with Saputo Foods, a wine company. I tried my hand for a couple of years at professional golf. I took some time off from work, tried my hand professional golf. And then, now here's the context for real estate. It was the turn of the century. So, (laughs) a funny way of saying the year 2000 that was kicking in. And it was a milestone birthday for me. It was, I was turning 30. Okay. Those milestone birthdays, sometimes the ones that have the, the zero at the end. And at that time, you know, it was Peter Pan finally had to start growing up and I had a Peter Pan syndrome. I never, ever wanted to grow up and I had to finally start getting serious about things. And a good friend of mine recommended a book to me of called Rich Dad, Poor Dad at that time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you will find a lot of people's start into a lot of these things started with that little purple book of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And now, if you know, when you go back and you look at it, it's 
you know, you didn't, we didn't really learn, you don't learn a lot from it, but really the main thing was it was a seed of inception, an inception moment that planted an idea different from what I was doing. And it led me down a completely different path. Okay. Then over that course of time, um, it just connected me with some more people. And eventually the, the pivotal connection for me was when I met Mr. Don R. Campbell, who is, was uh, the, one of the founders of the Real Estate Investment Network. And that was a pivotal moment for the direction on the path that I was going when I saw, you know, from one speech, from one presentation, from one person just kind of standing up and sharing their story. This was Don sharing his story. And it was back in, I think it was late 2002 when I first met Don and saw him speak from that one encounter and that one presentation, it literally changed everything of the course of the direction that I was going. Um, then I started really just diving into the whole thing about real estate at that time. Now, George, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I had never owned a piece of real estate in my life at that time. I had, you know, growing up in a mobile home, I think we only moved into one house uh, when we were, I think we were like six, 15, 16, probably six, year 16. So we moved into our first house. Um, I had never bought a property. I was living in a basement suite and I was renting with a roommate at that time when I first jumped in with real estate. And from that first encounter and that first presentation I saw from Don, literally everything changed after that, which started me down the path of uh, starting to acquire properties. So you don't mm -hmm. need experience. You don't need to have a silver spoon in your mouth. You just need probably somebody to believe in you, to have a little bit of faith for you to trust yourself and just somebody maybe to take them, take their arm around you, wrap their, you know, their arm around you and say, come this way, son, this is the path we're going to go down. And that's what Don provided to me at that time. Awesome. And you've turned into the JV Jedi. Well, um, so interesting <laughs> to note is I, I, I'm, in, um, I'm actually trying to move past the JV Jedi term analogy because I think I have more to offer than just that. But, okay. but here's the thing. Um, it's, you know, be, be grateful for what you're known for. And I am definitely known for joint ventures. Like, as you can see mm -hmm. in the background here, my book that I've written with Dawn um, mm -hmm. has been a national bestseller. We've co-authored two books together. It's probably inspired tens of thousands of people to think about it, to potentially do joint ventures. And I would bet that most people you hear talking about joint ventures probably either mastered it or heard it first from myself. And I'm not doing this to flex or I'm not doing this to make, you know, myself sound really inspiring and, you know, look at me, look at me. It's probably just the truth that most people probably heard this term or mastered it or learned it from either a resource, a home study, a presentation or something that I've done over the years. Right. Well, that's awesome. And I know you kind of, you kind of want to get away from that name, the JV Jedi, but can you tell us how that came to be? Where did that come from? Well, it's, first of all, I, I, I love Star Wars. And I use Star Wars yeah. references all the time. And sometimes I mix. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, but I, I, I sometimes I mix Star Wars and Star uh, and Star Wars and Star Trek references, which that's usually a no no. But I think yeah. we're, we're okay in this in this in this uh, embracing diversity. People who love <laughs> Star Wars and people who love Star Trek, we should all just get along, right? Yeah, um, fair but enough. Really, and you can make those jokes with me because uh, <laughs> I know you're probably not going to like this, but I haven't seen it either. <laughs> so I will not understand um, your references. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're breaking up there, George. I think we have to we have to call this a day here today. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, no, um, it it actually happened. So someone who we probably both would know very well, Irwin Zito, 
Irwin uh, was watching one of my presentations and I was just, just cranking, like just cranking out some of the knowledge bombs and the really deep insights into this whole thing. And Irwin put out a post and say, holy moly, the JV Jedi is on fire here tonight. And I said, you know what? That kind of stuck. So I actually, I actually own the domain name jvjedi.com. Cool. And cool. I branded a whole bunch of things. I actually got a little caricature done of it, all the kind of things like that. And I have a feeling Disney may now that Disney owns Star Wars, they may come knocking on my door asking for that. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll I'll gladly sell them JVJedi.com if they're interested. Yeah, <laughs> right? that'd so, be an awesome payday. So so really, that's how it just kind of started, and that's really what I was known for was somebody to help solve one of the biggest problems you will face in real estate, and that's where to come up with the capital. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now my, my teaching and things that I share with people are so much deeper than just a joint venture, uh, tactics and strategies, even though I think everybody needs to do, to be able to do a joint venture. I often call joint venturing like the gateway to bigger things. Okay. There's people that have billion dollar portfolios and billion dollar enterprises that still do joint ventures to this day, but it's kind of one of those ones that everybody can do. And it's kind of the gateway into bigger things and growing and scaling your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's dive into it a little bit. Uh, the first thing I'd like to ask you is, uh, can you describe the JV Jedi mindset? Oh, well, here's the thing. Uh, the JV Jedi mindset is, is 100%. It's about um, helping others first. Okay. It's about making sure that the other person wins in the transaction. And then by you participating with them, you get to win with them. Okay. And that was one of the, uh, a key thing that really stuck out to me very early is a lot of people think about this whole thing about, think about, now listen to the language I'm going to use here for a second is I want somebody to invest with me. Why isn't, you know, I, I'm, you know, almost like I, I have this opportunity and I'm going to sell it to somebody and somebody has to invest with me and all this kind of stuff. Really, you need to flip it around and you need to flip it to the point of, I have something amazing to offer and I'm giving the opportunity to somebody to participate with me in a deal. And by that person winning in the participation with me in a deal, I get to win alongside them. But the first person that wins is them. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's the first one is that it needs to be a win for the other party first. Um, the next one is, is one of my, um, is actually one of my core values of life. And it's how I sign off on most things I do. And that's to, to inspire, encourage, and come from a place of love. And that's the main intention as a JV Jedi mindset is that you need to make sure people feel inspired, encouraged, and that you came from a place of love and compassion when you're, when you're doing uh, deals with them and transactions with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are two of two of them. And I'm going to add one more to just to give you a third one. And that is um, the mindset of a JV Jedi is most important is who you become in the process of being successful, not in the success that you're due already. And, and here's what I mean. Like, say you have a goal and you want to acquire a hundred properties. Then maybe your goal is 10, five, whatever your goal is your goal. I, you know, first of all, I love the, love the tangible target of a hundred places. And I will, when I coach people, we get really crystal clear on the outcome and the result but to me, what's more important than the 100 doors is who you become in the process of becoming a person that can acquire 100 doors 
and you get that skill set and that mindset that you can then apply that to the next goal and the next hurdle you have in your life. Because success is what attracts, you know, you attract success by the person you become is, is an old Jim Rohn quote. And I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to dive in on something you mentioned, which is basically part of the JV Jedi mindset of uh, pretty much creating a win for the other party rather than just thinking I need this or I want this or whatever. Uh, so let's say you're you're dealing with someone and their idea is that you need to be putting in more money, you need to be qualifying for the deal, you need to be doing all these things. Are you saying that you need to still have that mindset and say, okay, I'll do those th- these things for you, even though you're kind of devaluing yourself in some ways? Well, I'll give you a real life example. Here's an ex- like real to life example of a, a recent deal. Would have been, where are we now? It would have been probably late. No, we are in 2020. Okay, sorry, I'm dating this. It would have been in spring of this year, early, early spring, maybe even late winter. Um, I was working with this uh, a fellow out of Toronto and uh, we he wanted to do a joint venture with me. And he wanted to to do this. So we clearly had the qualification call and he was all in on doing the joint venture. Okay. And one of the things that, you know, I will say to potential joint venture partners is I want you to be clear that you need, you're going to be working with me and that you have to be okay that you won't get a hundred percent of the deal. You have to be okay with that. Um, because if you're not okay with that, then we'll have to have a different conversation. And this person said, yep, I'm I'm okay that I will cut you in on this deal and stuff like that. I said, great. So I then went out, um, scoured my best resources to find an incredible uh, garage suite property in the market that I invest in. And these things are rare. Like, honest to goodness, you know, they're like hen's teeth to try and find a suitable garage suite. And I could get into all the details, but they're rare to find. So then I took it all up, bundled it up, put in an amazing presentation package, presented it to this person and uh, went through and was going through it. And it was finally time for them to make a decision in or out. And and I was pretty sure they were going to be in, but they were just being hesitant and they were just, they were just, something was stopping them. And I said, okay, just time out. What, what's stopping you from moving forward with this? They said, you know what? I think we can do this ourselves. And I know we talked about this, Russ, and it was okay. And I said, you know, my entire intention is to make sure that you win and that you get what you're looking for. If you doing this on your own is what would be the biggest win for you, then I strongly encourage that. Now, aside, I want, if they want to do it themselves, I want to have that conversation early before we're two or three years in, and then they're going, well, why am I working with you when we could have probably done this ourselves, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, here's what I said to that person. I said, because remember, my first intention for you is for you to win and you to do what's right for you. This property that I found, okay, if you want to close on it, you close on it yourself, okay? And I gave them the property and they went ahead. And a lot of times if that's ever happened in the past, a lot of times people don't do anything with it. And then I will circle back to them six months, a year later and say, how was that property you bought? And most people go, well, he didn't do anything. And then I will come back and say, so are you ready to take action? Are you ready to let Russell help you take the action and get off the sidelines? Mm -hmm. But this person actually ended up buying this place. Okay. And they're closing on it and they're going to just have a fantastic experience. So that's just a real life story of that I told somebody that I want to do what's best for them. And in that case, what was best for them is they did it 100% themselves Mm -hmm. as opposed to partnering with me. 
Right. So are you saying that you gave away that opportunity to this person without expecting anything? You didn't, you didn't get anything out of that experience? I got nothing in return. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, and what, I, but here's the thing. I know this person and he's part of my community. He's, he may join, become a Raising Capital Academy member. He may want to be a coaching client. Um, I, I believe in serving first, right? Okay. And then find out after. But I had 100% of the intention that I gave him that opportunity with no expectation in return. That's awesome. Is that just something, is that kind of like your, is that part of the JV uh, Jedi mindset as well? Just kind of giving, not really expecting anything, or was that kind of a one-off, that one situation? Well, no, I, that's just the way I, I believe. That's my, that's the way I, you know, maybe going back to my upbringing, that's just the way I was brought up, right? Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day when we were in small town, rural prairie town, when somebody's far, barn burned down, you all got together and you helped them build a barn. Right. And you yeah. helped, you helped each other out. If somebody, you know, somebody came to school and they, you know, didn't have a shirt and you had an extra gym shirt, a gym strip in your bag, you gave them your shirt. Right. Awesome. So that's just the way you live. That's just the way we were brought up. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that kind of don't, don't really have that mindset. A lot of people, let's say people that you're potentially going to partner with, that uh, believe that why should I share this with you? Why? Why? What would be the benefit? I could do this on my own. Um, so, what can you do to attract more people that have a growth mindset rather than trying to convert somebody who doesn't really believe in the same yeah. things that you might believe well, in? Here's the thing: my my first attitude always is to do what's right for the person I'm working with, and by and large. If they did it themselves, that would probably be the right answer for the majority of people. Then the next question I always ask people is, if you believe and you can think you can do it yourself, why haven't you? Mm -hmm. And then I will have the conversation with somebody. And usually what will come out of is it usually will come out of either fear or it will come out of, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't have enough time. I just am just not, it's a confidence issue. And I need mm -hmm. to hear all those kind of things of what's stopping somebody from doing it. And then what I do is I am the person that removes the fear. I'm the person who has the opportunity. I'm the person that helps make the decision. I'm the one that has the confidence and the certainty to move forward. And then that makes a really good relationship is that we can do that. Or I'm the one that invests the time. I have lots of people that I've worked with that are significantly more successful than I am in mm -hmm. other business avenues. Okay. But they just have no time to be able to go do all the things I do within real estate and spend it in full time. I'm literally having conversations all day long with people and real estate investors, with my team, with people like yourself, with people across this country. I am in it to win it. I am in the trenches deep in the, within real estate. And somebody who's maybe a, a, a cosmetic dentist or uh, a veterinarian or a pilot or something like that just doesn't have the time to focus like I do on things. Mm -hmm. And there's an awful lot of people that have some capital that would just love to be able to hand over their, so essentially what they're doing is they're trading their capital for my time, expertise, and opportunity set. Right. And what they're doing in, in that, and to be honest, if, and I tell this to my money partners all the time, I would much rather be in your boat where I become the capital partner. And all yeah. I have to do is find me to go do all the work. And then all I have to do is write a check to you. You take care of all the results. And, and, and then I just pay you, I pay, I pay you based upon a percentage of upside and you're a partner on the downside. If we have some downside, like really sign me up, brother. 
Oh yeah, that sounds great. And I've heard that from people before, people that have been in the in the active partner's shoes. Most people would probably rather be on the passive side. Yeah. Uh, so just to kind of recap what you said there. Uh, so for those people that you're dealing with that might be putting up certain objections about working with you and splitting the deal and whatnot, that just might really be a way for them to um, hide their fears, their fears of maybe not knowing what to do or not having the time or creating all these excuses. And your job is to really uncover those fears, address them and show them how you are able to help them get past that and ultimately create the best result for themselves and for everyone involved. Absolutely. Now, are are you open to a little bit of an exercise here, George? For your now, sure. Now, sure. this is a, this will be a really good exercise for your podcast listeners here. Okay, George, uh, have we we have we formally met? Like formally, like how's it going? Coffee stuff like that? No, no, not yet. You you see me present. We've had some email yes. correspondence, things like that. So we don't know each other yeah. too well yet. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna have a conversation, a human conversation. Okay, sure. Um, so, George, what, what do you like to do in your free time? What do you like when you're not podcasting and you're not helping mm-hmm. people move forward and you're not putting resources together and helping people buy their first properties? What do you like to do in your free time? S- something totally unrelated to real estate would be playing chess. Chess. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you follow some chess masters? Like who would be your who would be your favorite? Who would be your dream chess opponent that you like to play? I'd have to really practice a lot to get there, but the best player in the world is called, his name is Magnus Carlsen. Magnus Carlsen. Where, where does yeah. Magnus live? I think he's Norwegian. Norwegian. I okay. Yeah. Uh, so would it be an absolute dream day of you or if you were able to go to Norway to have a match with Magnus, what was his last name again? Carlson. Magnus Carlson. Would it be a dream day of yours to be able to get there and, and be able to have be in that position that you could sit down and have a match with him where you travel there, time is no option, your money is no option, and you just maybe you bought an experience to have a chess match with him with him. Would that be something that would uh would do would, would, would be exciting? I don't know to you? about facing him in chess because I think he'd smoke me, but I'd say <laughs> maybe like interviewing him on the podcast would yeah. be pretty cool. Well, but just imagine you had money was no object and you were actually to sit kneecap to kneecap across a chessboard from him. Would that be something that you'd Yeah, have to sure. Do? It's, it's sure. Why not? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, hey, George, this is your dream, brother. Right? Don't don't sell yourself short. So, so guys, the time out here for a second. If you're watching this on YouTube, as soon as they start talking about this, we start talking about it, you should have saw. George's face light up. You you literally changed state by us now talking about this. Okay. So so the next line of questioning that I would eventually dive into is I would get into, so George, what do you think it would take capital-wise for you to be able to afford to have that kind of an opportunity to go play your chess master? What do you think it would take for capital? I don't know. Let's say 10 grand. 10 grand. Nice. What would you have to do, George, in say the next five to ten years to make ten grand? Sell a house. <laughs> Sell a house. Awesome. Uh, so you're you're into real estate. Yeah. Right. So you're you're acquiring properties, and uh, you're you're taking action moving forward, and maybe buy a property or two. Okay. So what's stopping you from getting one more place to be able to do that, George? Well, I was kind of referring to like selling a house as a realtor because yep. I'm also a realtor, but um, yeah, nothing's stopping me. I, I can definitely, I, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I have no excuses. So, so nothing's Just stopping you. So, so do you need some help and support to get you over that hurdle? 
everybody needs help and support. Okay. I don't see why I wouldn't be able to use more help. Yeah. So, so time out here in this conversation that we're just having now, we're just having a real life con. No, nothing was hurt, rehearsed, right? We mm. didn't know each other. I have taken our, we've gone with our conversation and I now know that you are probably a real estate expert who probably can do it on their own. Okay. But you probably would need some coaching and guidance and some mentorship to maybe help you. So I would start taking this conversation down the path of how I can provide some coaching and guidance and mentorship to help you get over the hurdle of what you feel is stopping you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's do a, a quick backtrack. So let's say in this process, you, you, you answered, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to buy a piece of real estate. I don't know. I don't know the market. Where do I invest? And you start having those kind of conversations, right? Mm -hmm. I would then have the conversation about that. I would then share with you how I can help you, what I do, how I partner with people, how I potentially you know, can help you make 10 grand in 10 years over a course of an investment opportunity? And would you like my help with maybe if I could present you an opportunity? Hmm. Right? Then what you typically would say at that time is you would either say, yeah, absolutely, please present me an opportunity. Now what I have is I have your permission to go out and find, infer I go out to find a property to present you an opportunity. Most people do this the exact opposite, where they sit there and go, I got a deal throw it out to everybody in big shotgun mode and say, who wants it? I, I, yeah, I will yeah. never, ever present an opportunity until I've had a conversation like we're having right now with another person. Because here's what the thing is I need to do. I go back to find an opportunity and I'm building the entire presentation around helping you bridge the gap to go have a chess match day with your ma with the master in Norway. I mm -hmm. may even have chess pieces and chess board, and I will talk things in strategic moves on going two right, three left, and the queen takes bishop. And I will have those kind of a conversation with you, and I will tailor my entire presentation of an investment opportunity of how us working together will help you fulfill on your dream of having your day with your chess master, kneecap to kneecap in your dream match with Magnus. Awesome. Right. That's, that's so cool. I never really thought about it like that. I've all, always been told to kind of figure out what the goals are in, in relation to real estate. Like, are you looking for cash flow? Are you looking to replace your income? But I never thought about having attaching the, the, the real estate goal with a personal goal. Yeah. But here, here's the thing. I actually, that first step you, you said, I did that. I established that you need to make 10 grand. Right. Mm -hmm. Then I took another two layers deep about what does 10 grand mean to you and what would you do with it? Then I attach the meaning of my investment opportunity to helping you fulfill on a goal and an emotional desire and not just a financial transaction. Right. And that's so much more, that's so much more powerful. So, and when um, you guys, if you're watching or list started to jump over here, George, if you guys make that switch from going from just a transactional to an emotional relationship, you guys will be unstoppable in your raising of a capital from people. So if you can help become a dream fulfiller, if you can start becoming the bridge between where somebody is now and the lifestyle they want to see, and you're the bridge to get them over there, you will be unstoppable in this process of raising capital. Because here's the thing now, George, let's say we, we had this conversation and then it came down to, and you were thinking about it, 
what are you saying no to if you said no to my opportunity? If I showed you a path and a plan and a bridge mm-hmm. to help you make that, to have your dream day with your chess master, what yeah. are you saying no to? To my own goal. You're saying no to your dream. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to fulfill on your dream. I'm trying to make right. your dream come true by us working together and I participate in your dream fulfillment. Awesome. I'm definitely going to try that. Okay. Don't, <laughs> That's so cool. Don't try. Do. <laughs> Just do it. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so in order, I, like you said, most people are, they find an opportunity, they throw it out there and they say, Hey, if you're interested, email me or reach out to me, whatever. You're saying you would never do that. You would, if you found an opportunity, you would only show it to the people that you've had a conversation with and that you've discussed their goals and, and figured out how you can help them and how this opportunity will help them. Well, is absolutely, that right? 100%. Because here's the thing is my most precious resource is my time. And, and I do not want to spend, I do not want to waste other people's time and I don't want to waste my time. So the last mm-hmm. thing I want to do is present a round peg to a square hole and put it in, put somebody in the wrong investment opportunity, but I need to have the quick conversation. We need to get really clear. And, and the, the word that's really aligning with me is alignment. We need to be in alignment. We don't have to be hundred percent in agreement, but we need to be in alignment about the opportunity, about what this means, what it's, who's doing what, and there needs to be an alignment of parties involved, right? So here's the thing is, if you guys ever go to my website, like russellwescott.com, I have zero investment opportunities available on my website, but I have investment opportunities all the time that are always coming up. I will never, ever make an opportunity presentation to somebody until we've had a multiple layers of conversation and I see that this is a fit and I see if this will work. Then after that, then we'll have a conversation about uh, an investment opportunity. Right. Okay, cool. So uh, you have this, this list of people that you work with and it's not really a list of people. It's more so you have relationships with people from what I take it. Yep. How do you meet these people? Where, how are they able to raise their hand and say, Russell, I want to have a conversation and I want to share, I, I want you to uh, explain to me what you do. Yeah. It's, so the, the model that I'm going to, so guys, I hope you're, you know, hope you're not, I'm going to ask you to get out a pen and paper, but I hope you're not driving or, or on a treadmill or something like that. So only if you're safe, get out a pen and paper. Uh, the, really the simple answer to this is I call it the ABC model, ABC. Okay. The A stands for attract an audience. The B stands for build a relationship and C stands for create irresistible offers that help solve people's problems. Okay. So what you're asking for is the attraction of an audience portion of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But always what I'm trying to do along, I'm, I'm doing one of those three things. I'm either trying to attract an audience, I'm trying to build a relationship, or I'm creating an offer to help solve their problems. That's what I'm doing. It's simple business model. It's ABC. So attraction of an audience, there are multiple, multiple ways you can do that. For example, let's take a real life case scenario. Let's take something real life. What am I doing right now, this moment, besides having an amazing conversation with a younger, a wonderful young man here? What are you doing right now? What am I doing right now? Uh, you look pretty relaxed. I don't know. <laughs> Sitting down. <laughs> no, we're having, what are we doing? We're, we're recording a killer podcast episode and inspiring some people to help mm-hmm. them move forward. 
right? Exactly. Maybe yep. something that has triggered that I said along this, maybe my upbringing, maybe just somebody has drew, grew up in a trailer park themselves. Maybe there was something in the stories that I've told up to this point about how I put investors first. Maybe something just at a gut level just sat there and go, geez, you know what? I like that guy. There's just, mm -hmm. he's just one of the good guys. There's just something about that guy. Um, and I want to reach out and I want to have a conversation with him. Okay. Then maybe something inspired somebody to go to my website. And then they went to my website and they found out that, geez, he has a, a place where he can do a consultation. Well, they clicked on a button, read a little bit about that. They filled in a little questionnaire about what their goals are, what's stopping them, timelines, you know, different things like that. And then we had this wonderful conversation and I just came from a place of love and support and encouragement. And I'm here to just help people move forward. Okay. And then I will be like a doctor offering a prescription on what do you do for your next steps? And maybe one of the next steps I've heard was the conversation that I have capital. I don't know what to do with it. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I don't have certainty. I have no time. Then we can have a conversation about real estate. Okay. And so that's just one pillar is I do that and do podcasts all the time. I've created my own podcast. Okay. And I think, geez, we're on episode 13. Nowhere near where you're at, George, but I tell you, yeah. it, it's been a fun <laughs> process. Um, yeah. I, every single day at 9 a.m. in the morning, I post a inspirational quote card with a picture and I spread that out to multiple social media channels that goes there every day. I put out at least five or six Instagram stories. I wake up at five o'clock every morning. Um, I take a picture of my, my watch and I usually have a little inspirational, let's get after it today. I share the story. I document the process. I tell actions I'm doing and things that I'm doing within the concept of real estate to try to keep moving forward. And by me, just keep putting it out there and just inspiring and helping and help and more help and help and whatever. Eventually somebody just goes, geez, I just need to, for some reason, I just need to reach out and have a conversation with Russell. And mm -hmm. then when somebody has, wants to have a conversation with me, I have very detailed funnels and processes that I will walk somebody through to qualify them of which path they need to go down. And I even go right down to how my CRM database is lined up about what action a certain person clicks on or what action that person takes determines on what offer they need to get in front of. Remember, attract an audience, build a relationship, create offers that help solve people's problems. And that's the simplest business model possible. Very cool. And it sounds like you have a lot of systems in place. You talked about the free consultation on your website and the form that's attached and then your CRM and all that. Yep. Where did you learn to build these systems? Was there a certain program that you followed or was this just kind of piece by piece over time? Uh, it's just actually the, uh, it's just being in the world of direct response um, marketing for a better part of almost 20 years. Um, I've had a lot of coaching and mentors along the years about being in direct response selling direct response marketing. Um, when I was with the Real Estate Investment Network, uh, one of the main criteria within the Real Estate Investment Network is it's an information-based business and you have to be able to market people to come into a membership program. Okay, so I helped build all those systems out and processes out over the years of being, you know, school of hard knocks over, over yeah. 15 plus years of doing that. And I've just taken all those things I've learned for direct response copywriting, direct response marketing and selling, and moved it into the world of real estate investing. Because here's the thing is, if you actually get really good at it, if some of you are watching or listening to this, this could be a business within a business. 
building a list of people that know, like, and trust you um, can be a business within the business. Potentially, I could sit there and I go, maybe a good friend of mine, you know, comes to me and says, Russ, I got this amazing investment opportunity in Phoenix. Okay. Now I don't own that, but I look at it and I go, holy moly, I would invest my own money into that thing. As a matter of fact, I put, put my money into that deal. Okay. Then I will sit there and go out to my list and my community and say, look guys, here's what I'm investing in. And the reason why I'm doing it is because X, Y, and Z is by all means, guys, if you're interested, please contact this person. They'll take good care of you. Tell them Russell sent you. And then I have a relationship with that person and I might get a referral based upon that, based upon something I believe. And my business model was that I built a list of people that know, love, and trust me. And then I recommend solutions. Remember, create offers to solve people's problems. That's what I'm doing there. Or there might come a time, you know, for example, the latest project I'm working on is we're looking to build six brand new houses in the market that I'm at. Six in a row. Like it's rare, like extremely rare to be able to get six suited houses in a row. Okay. And I'm putting that out to my list of people that might be interested that know, like, and trust me that have been on my list for, you know, maybe 10 years. And maybe now they're ready to move forward. Maybe the deals that I had before were too small for them, but now they're ready for doing essentially, essentially a 12 unit build in essence, right? You just never know. Like you just keep, keep showing up, keep attracting an audience, building a relationship and creating offers that solve people's problems. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of what you do uh, has involves giving without expectation. You yeah. don't have to send people that you know to that person in, uh, would you say Phoenix? I think you mentioned. Yeah, just there's an example, right? Yeah, like, that person in Phoenix and you're just helping that person without yeah. expecting anything in return. But you're saying that the universe kind of has a way of bringing that back to you because maybe that person in Phoenix will introduce you to someone or uh, whatever else might happen. It, it, the karma dollars always add up. Always yeah. in both directions, by the way. Oh, definitely. Right. Yeah. That's I one hundred percent. Now, here's the thing: is I would one hundred percent only recommend something that I personally believe in, and I believe in the person. I believe in in that they would take good care of the people I recommend to. That's the number one thing. If there was a business relationship, that's that's a second or a third level down. You know, don't don't get me wrong. I'd gladly have a referral relationship if it's available, but if it's not available, that does not stop me from making the recommendation because I truly believe in the person, in the service, in the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Some people might struggle with that idea of giving away like some of your clients that you've worked hard for and and passing them on to that person in Phoenix that has a different opportunity. Uh, what, What would you recommend to help somebody in that situation to change their mindset and kind of have more of a growth mindset rather than a scarcity mindset? I, I know it's, it's funny. It's one of those ones of just, well, just choose, just make a decision. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. Hang on. There's, there's my, my furry friend who's always with me here, Scooby. So yeah, no worries. No worries. <laughs> uh, so yeah. here's, here, here's what I would suggest is, um, change the lens and always help people first. And by you helping enough people, the more people you will help in your journey, the more you will attract yourself for your own opportunities. And -hmm. if you truly live by that philosophy, um, I think the world will actually be a better place. Now, I know that's a little bit airy-fairy, but if we really actually believe that, if if we all just came from a place of helping and service of others, do you think we would have as many challenging times as we do right now? 
No, definitely not. Right. So I know it's it's really touchy feely and airy fairy and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I'm trying to make my difference, and I'm trying to do my part by every interaction I have with another person is to leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and come from a place of love, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I actually um, just set a new goal of what I want to accomplish within my business and my my um, my my process here. So you, you want to hear that, George? Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, so how's that for me setting myself up for a story? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, so here's what it was. So remember the story I told you about year three? age 30 milestone birthday. Okay. Yeah. That was the year 2000. Okay. Mm-hmm. So fast forward this past year was 2020. Okay. So I had another milestone birthday. I just turned 50 mm-hmm. and I, I'm one of those investors in the marketplace that uh, probably have been in this game for almost 20 years. I'm, I'm fairly rare that I have this much experience and wisdom and knowledge and experience, and I'm still active today. I'm still learning. I'm still honing my craft and sharing everything I know with others. Okay. So I had my 50th birthday and I sat back and I go, what have I accomplished up to this time? And I took an entire week to just kind of reflect on this. And I was just brutally honest with myself and, you know, for your audience and your listeners, I I came up with the solution is I did not help enough people in the first 20 years. I played too small, even though I've bought over a hundred places, I've written books and all this kind of stuff I've done an awful lot. I have so much more to give and I have so many more people's lives to touch and change the world that I sat down and I wrote down a goal and it scared the crap out of me when I wrote it. And it said is to, provide the tools and resources to help 1 million, 1 million real estate investors with the tools and resources to help you buy one more piece of real estate that you couldn't have bought before. Okay. Then the whole part about one more piece of real estate is an an exercise that I share with people. Um, George, you might have to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Do you, you own, you own properties? Yes. Yes. What was the last place you bought? When or what? What, what type of property, what purchase price and and cash flow. It was a fiveplex. Uh, purchase play, price was four forty five. Yep. It had a vacant unit, so I don't know if you want me to count that. What's it at now, cash flow wise? It's still it's still. Uh, I, I just bought it recently, so it's still vacant. Okay. What what's the what's the gross rent when it's full? Uh, forty five hundred. Forty five hundred dollars. Okay. So. Let's say, for example, and let's use a really conservative model that in, say, 15 years, that property does not go up in value $1, right? Now, that's extremely conservative, okay? In 15 years, and let's say you had some aggressive mortgage pay-down strategies, and in 15 years, you own that property free and clear, okay? And your $4,500 gross rent times points. Sorry, that's a monthly gross, obviously, not uh, annual. Yeah. Yep. So that's twenty seven hundred a month times twelve is thirty two thousand four hundred. Okay. So here's what: in fifteen years, George, if you had that property and it was free and clear, in essence, you own a half a million dollar asset that generates thirty two thousand dollars a year in income to you. Okay. Awesome. Um. Would it be inspiring to you if you can learn a strategy, a tool, an inspiration, a trick, something to help you master to get the tools and resources to help you buy one more place? Of course. Right? Because if every property to you is worth a half a million bucks 
and $32,000, it's worthwhile, isn't it? Definitely. So that's my mission is to inspire a million people with the tools and resources to help you acquire one more property. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be, I'm sure you're going to inspire a lot of people and uh, I'm sure a lot of them will buy more than just one. Well, especially after you get your podcast episode out, George. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Definitely. Okay, cool. Um, So you've shared a ton of really, really great stuff here. And I I love that we discussed a lot of your mindset because um, you've been doing this for a long time. You've got wisdom. You've, I'm sure your mindset has changed from when you first started and it's so important to have a certain mindset to grow. So I appreciate you sharing that. Before we move on to the next section, do you want to share any final messages? Yeah, you know, I'm going to share a different one than I normally share. So for some of you that maybe have listened to lots of my podcast episodes, I'm going to share a different one today. Um, I love podcasts and I love books. As you can see over my shoulder here, if you're on YouTube, I have an entire bookshelf filled of books, and I listen to podcasts all the time. And this next point is going to come very ironic from somebody who writes books and produces a podcast. Um, Guys, sometimes you have to put the books and the podcast down, and you actually have to implement something from it, right? A lot of people, it's like a badge of honor. Somebody at the end of the year say, I read 52 books this year. And then the question I would ask is, well, what action did you take from those 52 books? Mm-hmm. I think it's more important that you maybe go fewer but deeper and you execute against what you learn. Maybe what you do is you take a book a month and you read it over and over again and you get four pages of notes and you make a plan and you execute against everything you learn from that book as opposed to consuming more books and consuming mm-hmm. more podcasts. We are cre- we need to create we don't need to consume. So I'm going to just encourage each and every one of you is, you know, sorry if I'm going to cut my listenership and your listenership in half, but put some podcasts and put the books down and execute against what you learn. If you learn something from this podcast, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do about it? Not just go to the next podcast with the next person, right? So take action, create, don't consume. Yeah. A hundred percent. I used to be that person that would just consume stuff all the time or just something new every time. And this year for the first time, I don't know if you're uh, familiar with As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Yep. Yeah. I listened to that audiobook maybe 40, 50 times in a row, just nonstop, just kept listening to it over and over. Yep. That, that was pretty cool. Well, I got, I have a book on my desk that I'm probably on my 40th, four zero uh, listen. And I've read it at least six times and it's, Tim S. Grover, Relentless. Cool. Wonderful awesome. book. If yes. any of you are, Somebody else uh, recommended that book recently. So that it must be a good one. It came into my life probably about four years ago. And it is just, it's hardcore. Like if you guys are Dave and Goggins fans and you're like hardcore stuff. But Tim Grover was Michael Jordan's personal trainer for 20 years. So you think of helping elite performers at that level for that length of time, you can probably learn something. Now, just by all means, guys, it's not for the faint of heart and uh, it's very male centric and there's an awful lot of language in it. If that offends you, you might want to move on, but it is hardcore. It's good stuff. Cool. All right. So let's move on to the next section, which is the random five. I'm going to ask you five random questions and you're just going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. You ready for it? Got it. All right. If your life was a meal, what kind of meal would it be? 
kind of meal would it be? Holy moly. It would be, it would be a, my life was a meal. <laughs> Great question. It would be a smoothie. It would be, be high in nutrients. It would be to the point. It would be all blended together and it'd be delicious. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number two, why did you decide to do the work that you're doing now? Uh, you know, I love to help. Um, it's probably to my detriment sometimes that some people I've had an awful lot. There's an old saying, and I, and this is probably, you know, sometimes a fault that I might have is sometimes I'll help others before I'll help myself. You know, there's an old saying is, you know, put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. Um, I'm just wired that I help others first, sometimes to the detriment of myself. And it's something I'm looking at maybe changing, but I love to help and support people. One of the greatest joys I have is on my my personal website of my um, testimonials and the heartfelt stories and the people that I help inspire them to take their life to the next level. That is one of the most heartfelt things that I can ever do. It's one of the most valuable work you could do is be in the service of others. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's cool that you, your goal is to help more people, yet that kind of starts with helping yourself first. And I, I, I 100% agree. And sometimes yeah. that's some work that I have to do in myself is sometimes, you know, I'm my own coach. We're our, our own coaches. Is sometimes you have to feel worthy enough of getting those accolades and getting all those things come your way. And that's some of the hardest work you do is to feel the worth that good thing and success should come to you and you're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Number three, what seemed normal in your family when you were growing up, but seems weird now? Uh, what in normal, my family? Um, I don't know. Having cereal for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know. That's a great question. Right. Yeah. Sorry. What seemed normal was actually, you know, I shared the story as being outside and being able to go play um, with every kid in the neighborhood, no matter of background and skin color and age or whatever, just everybody just got along and everybody just played and, and you had community. And sometimes that's a little as foreign as as strange as that sounds. That's a little bit odd at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Number four, what skill or ability have you always wanted to learn? Uh, skill or ability. I, I always wanted to learn to play music. Um, what just fascinates me sometimes is when I see a master, like somebody, um, someone who can play the piano or somebody that can pick up a guitar or somebody that can play drums or something. It's just, you know, it's just something that just fascinates me of just somebody who just has the rhythm and the music in them. And you sit there and you go and you go to a party and somebody sits down to the piano and they could just take requests and they'll just play all night long. I think that's just a phenomenal skill. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's really cool. I wish I could do that too. Um, I I don't have any of that in me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What success principle do you live by? Um, Success principle I live by, well, I'm going to do something different. The one I would normally give would be to always live by your most core values, inspire, encourage, and love. But here's the one I'm going to share with you that came up was um, every single day, get up and chase the person you are destined to become. The competition isn't with other people. The competition is within yourself to become the best person you possibly can. And when you, on your deathbed, when you meet the person on your deathbed, you want to sit back and say, you know what? Thanks for everything you've done over the years. And you don't want to say thanks for nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool. 
That's awesome advice. You gave a you gave us a double answer. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I like, like to that. try okay. to over deliver. Yeah. Uh, so, how can people reach you, and what services do you provide? Well, the simplest way would be, you know, my name Russell Westcott. It's on all the social platforms. It's my my main hub is my website where everything revolves around that. And in a day and age of social media and stuff like that, I think every person should have a personal branded website because it's the one thing you own. It's you know, like YouTube could go away, podcasts, Spotify's. Facebooks, Instagrams—they could change all their in, all their algorithms, and your content is gone. If mm-hmm. you don't have your own personal branded website, that is your own domain where nobody can control it but yourself, and that's kind of the hub that everything else revolves around it. Now, um, I've also been told by people that have gone to it that I probably have one of the best looking, functional. Uh, resources of a website and I'm not trying to pander for people to go check it out, but by all means go check it out because I think it's a fantastic example of what you guys can do. And that's only been three years since I actually saw the backside and back end of a website of WordPress. And I learned how to do that on my own on top of everything else I was doing. And I created that in less than three years. Cool. That's awesome. And uh, did you just did you want to just touch on the services? Uh, you know, you guys can go check it out there. I I, I help. Real, here's the simple answers. I help real estate investors start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of their dreams. So if you you're looking to get ABCs. started, yeah. If you're looking to get started, <laughs> if you're looking to grow, or you're looking to scale, I can help you. And I I yeah. will 100% not put you in exactly a prescribed path. I will actually customize a path of what you want to go down. Like I have people that come to me that you know. It's time for a quick story here, George. Sure. Like, yeah. so for example, I'll give, I have conversations with people that are just getting started. And after the conversation, I'll find out where they are. I'll find out where they want to get to. And I'll put together a little path. And for some people, the answer is that you need to go and read Real Estate Investing in Canada by Don R. Campbell. And then after you've read that book, you need to then read Real Estate Joint Ventures, the two, two books that I've, I've co-authored that second book. Because one will get you started on investing within Canadian real estate. The other will help you bust through the biggest obstacle you will face, and that's where to find the money. And after you've read those two books and you've made a plan of what you're going to implement, you're going to do from them, contact me back again and we'll have another consultation call. And mm-hmm. you'll be shocked at how few people actually call me back. Cool. Right? Well, I'm going to say say one thing. I'm going to buy that book. Yep. The, uh, for sure, the joint venture is one. Uh, would you recommend that I should buy the the first one, the real estate investing for Canadians, I think yeah, you real, said? Real estate investing in Canada. One of the things in it Canada. does best is that it gets you to decide to make a commitment if, if real estate is for you. That's the first thing I tell people is if you're going to be in real estate, you're going to be a real estate investor, it's a commitment and you need to make that decision. So that's usually the first thing it does. Then the second thing it does is it walks you through a really good process and a system to help you be able to buy Canadian real estate buy and hold properties. Okay. Yep. Okay. So if, uh, if you already own some real estate, is yep. that still a book you would recommend or would you say just go into the joint venture? Yeah. If you own real estate and you're maybe feeling a little bit stuck, um, I would highly recommend you come give me a call, check out my website. I have a resource called the Raising Capital Academy that helps people um, raise capital for their, for their transactions. And every person in that community owns real estate 
right from somebody maybe has three places all the way up to people that have 200, 400. We actually have one of the contributors has a $2.3 billion portfolio who contributes awesome. to that community. Cool. That sounds good. Okay. Well, once again, thank you very much for sharing all that. So there's tons of good stuff in here and I'm sure you're going to impact the people that are listening. Um, so thank you very much. Well, I'm glad to help George. And once again, congratulations for doing a wonderful job. Thanks. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Good. Cheers. All right. So what did you think? So did you, hopefully you stuck around. So obviously, if you're going to be listening to this, you listen to the whole episode. So before we do dive into a little bit of a recap here, just wanted to thank George one more time for being such a wonderful host. He asked some really good, great questions there. I love his, uh, I think it's the five random questions at the end. And, you know, thank you, George, for being such a wonderful, gracious host and having me on your podcast. So what did you think? Uh, was there some things that we talked about here that you maybe had not heard before? Were there some, you know, maybe you've heard the concepts a couple times of the similar things, like, for example, how to have the conversation with people, how to have the qualification conversation. And I, if you are following along my podcast, you probably have heard it multiple, multiple times. Okay. But here's the thing. And as, you know, as much as, you know, trust me when I say this, I, I sit there and go, well, everybody has probably heard this like five or six times now. Like they, they should understand it. They should get it. But sometimes you need to hear it a half a dozen times. Sometimes you need to actually go practice it. Sometimes you need to go just fall flat on your face and just f- crash and burn right, in your conversation with another person potentially in order to get deepen the lesson, in order to get the implementation done. You know, as there's an old ACDC song, you know what? It ain't a shame to be shot down in flames. As a matter of fact, if you, ain't, if you haven't been shot down in flames, you haven't been trying enough is my firm belief on that as well. Now, for those of you that are ACDC fans, try and get that ear, <laughs> try and get that ear, earworm out of your, out of your ear canal now. You're, now you're all starting to think, you're, you can only hear the riff. You can already hear the riff of the ACDC song, can't you? Okay, guys, but you know, I digress. Um, one more thing before we do sign off on this one is if you guys are feeling a little bit stuck, and maybe you need just a little bit of help moving forward. You don't have to go this path alone. There are people, there are resources, there is help available. For example, wonderful podcasts like you're listening to, like George presented, there is an amazing amount of inspiration to help you move forward what's the best for you. But if you are interested, maybe you just need a little bit more of a one-on-one conversation to just find out what's best for you. By all means, wherever you're listening to this, I highly encourage you to take a check out the consultation. So as of the recording of this, the consultations are still free. Um, I'm probably going to change that in the future, but I'm not sure when, but as of the recording of this, they are free. So if you are interested in having a second opinion on what you're doing, maybe even just, um, you know, someone just to bounce an idea off, someone to give you a second opinion, somebody just that's been through the trenches, that has 20 years experience down this the, down this path, and you just need somebody to talk to, by all means, hit up that link, fill out the information. It's a little bit short questionnaire, and I'd be honored to have a conversation with you. Okay, guys, that's it for this one. Until the next one, always, always, always make sure you leave people feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. 
you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.